Hello, friends. Welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Matthew, and I'm the parish pastor at Trinity Eastside. We're going to be reading today from Matthew 6, verses 7 to 15. It's a pretty well-known passage of Scripture. Even if you're new to the Bible, you probably know at least part of this because it's uh, where we get the Lord's Prayer from. And so I'm going to read uh, this teaching from Jesus, and then we will pray, and then um, we'll dig in. Jesus said, When you are praying... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you that your Son told us that you know what we need. Lord, you know what we need even more than we know what we need. And so we just sort of sink into that idea as we begin that you are lovingly and perfectly fathering us right now. And we ask for the grace to receive your fathering as good, to believe it. God, we pray that you'd be with us in this time and that you would stir in us a desire to be near you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is a really famous passage. Probably all of you have at least heard the the, the middle part. The Lord's Prayer is one of the most famous uh, texts in the Bible. And um, so what Jesus is doing here is very simply, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to look at today. Um just begin with this idea that Jesus desires you and me to be people who pray. And whenever we talk about prayer, almost always people start to feel guilty or if they start to feel annoyed, they feel pressured. Uh, they feel like they're being asked to do something that's hard or that feels fruitless or that uh, they feel bad at or clumsy at, or maybe even worse, something that they've tried and it hasn't worked. The person didn't get healed. The, the request wasn't answered. And the things that um, people promised would happen didn't happen. And so prayer now has sort of a bad taste attached to it in your mouth. And, and in all of that, and all of us probably listening to this could share our own stories about how uh, either prayer has, um, has not lived up to what we hoped it would be, or it's been harder than we thought it should be, or it's the first thing to go on a busy morning. And I just want to begin with this word to you. Jesus' desire for you and me is that we would pray. And in fact, more than he wants you to finish the next nine minutes of this podcast, he wants you to turn it off and pray. He wants you to connect with your father because that is where you and I will find the life. And so, of course, you're welcome to keep listening, but there is no substitute um, to what is needed in uh, praying, connecting our heart to God. But Jesus gives us a couple of ways to do it. And why don't we just, uh, we'll just go through those one at a time from this text. The first thing Jesus uh, shows us about prayer is that we need to be ourselves in it. He he says, don't heap up empty phrases. 
like the Gentiles do. And what he's saying there is is not like don't use don't use prayers that have been repeated because a lot of the Old Testament actually is liturgical prayers. In fact, the Book of Psalms is a book of a book for prayer. Um, I used to, you know, when I grew up in sort of a low church uh, setting, I I always thought that Jesus was talking about sort of liturgy in this. He was saying, you know, don't use the same prayers over and over again. But that's that doesn't square with the way the Jewish people prayed, the way that Jesus prayed. He's not saying don't say things that come from a book. He's saying, whatever you're saying, whether it's overflow of your heart or it's out of a book, be yourself in it. But don't think that God is impressed with fancy words. And don't think that what God wants you to do is to pretend to be someone other than who you are. Like just whether it's from a prayer book or it's out of your own heart, be yourself in that moment. God wants nothing other than the real you, the true self. In fact, he can't have a relationship with anything other than and anyone other than our true selves. And so do not heap up empty phrases, but be yourself in prayer. Um, Feel the freedom to be as relaxed around God um, as you would around your most intimate friend or family member. The second thing Jesus says is that we have a loving father who wants to answer our prayers and who already knows what we need. Um, Jesus' insistence throughout his entire ministry to call God always our father, our Abba, uh, is just once again reinforced in the prayer that he gives us to pray. Jesus wants us to know that God is not a monarch. He is not some benevolent overlord from a distance. He is not some benefactor. He is a relationally bound father to us who wants to give to his children things that he knows that we need. Uh, I quoted this last week, but once again, it's just so important. A.W. Tozer uh, says, whatever comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so the question for you when you think about prayer is what, what do you think is on God's face when he looks at you? Is he angry? Is he disappointed? Is he uninterested? Um, is, he, is he helpful but not in the right way? Is he strong? Is he weak? Is he present? Is he paying attention or is he distant? Is he distracted? Um, this is why it's so important for us to, to take notice of our own heart and mind's conception of God. It is, it is utterly informing our whole life, but it's certainly informing our prayer life. Because what you think God is like and how you think he thinks of you will totally shape the freedom that you feel to be yourself and to ask and to dream big um, in prayer. Tozer said in another place, the whole outlook of mankind could be changed if we all would believe that we dwell under a friendly sky and that the God of heaven, though exalted in power and majesty, is eager to be friends with us. And so Jesus is inviting you and me into a posture of expectation and even of childlikeness in our prayer as we come to a father who knows what we need and yet invites us to bring these needs to him. Um, One of my favorite books on prayer is by a guy named Paul Miller. It's called A Praying Life, and I definitely commend it to you, especially if you um, are just looking for some really uh, simple, beautiful uh, inspiration for developing your own prayer rhythms. But Miller writes this. He says, as children, we must learn to believe like a child. And children are supremely confident of their parents' love and power. Instinctively, they trust. They believe their parents want to do them good. If you know your parent loves and protects you, it fills your world with possibility. 
You could just chatter away with what's on your heart. It works the same way in the world of prayer. If you learn to pray, you learn to dream again. I say again because every child naturally dreams and hopes. To learn how to pray is to enter the world of a child where all things are possible. Little children can't imagine that their parents won't eventually say yes. They know that if they keep pestering their parents, they will eventually give in. And childlike faith drives persistence. But as we get older, we get less naive and more cynical. Disappointment and broken promises are the norm instead of hoping and dreaming. Our childlike faith dies a thousand little deaths. Jesus encourages us to believe like little children again. Uh, So this is Jesus' heart for you and me, that not only would we pick up the practice of prayer, meaning that we would choose to go into a prayer closet, to maybe learn some things in a prayer book, to say our Father, but Jesus actually wants us to open our hearts like children to a Father who loves us and knows us so that we can have intimacy as his children. Thirdly, we see that Jesus wants us to pray. And the reason I say that is because he gives us an actual model, a thing to say. And it's important to note, and this isn't always obvious, but this is one of the very few times in the Gospels that Jesus tells us how to do a thing. So much of Jesus' practices are mixed up and changed from space to space based on context and audience. He never performs a miracle the same way twice. He often will give the same parable, but then change significant parts of it, either characters or the ending of it. It's like he's always making little tweaks along the way. But when it comes to praying, he actually has, um, I don't know, the boldness to say, this is what you should say. When you pray, say this. And he gives us the Lord's Prayer, not as the uh, prayer, not as the words that we are limited to say, but as a, a model for us to understand um, prayer through. That it's to a father, that it's holistic, that it's daily, that it asks for needs, that it's mindful of others, uh, that it's ultimately aimed at a kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. And in all of these ways, Jesus invites us to pray as, uh, as he prayed. It tells us in Luke 18, that Jesus told a parable to his disciples because he wanted them to, quote, always pray and not lose heart. A lot of us over the years have lost heart in prayer. We've not just become busy and distracted, we've actually become discouraged. We've asked for things and they haven't happened. Jesus wants you and me to know that when we continue to bring things before God, it's not that they will always happen. But, as Martin Luther said, when we pray, we are not overcoming God's reluctance. We are laying hold of his willingness. Archbishop William Temple famously said, When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, they don't. And so there is a sense where Jesus is just simply saying, Would you try it again? Would you pick it up again today? Would you create a little bit of space and connect your heart to your Father and ask for big things and see what Uh, will happen. Finally, um, we see that our relationships with one another are deeply influenced by and influence our relationship with God. He says that as we forgive others, we are forgiven by God. And that's a huge, that's a huge teaching. The horizontal and the vertical are utterly connected to one another. And you and I cannot have a healthy, vibrant relationship with God if we are at odds with people all around us. 
He says at another point in his teaching that if you are at the altar offering a sacrifice, a gift, and you remember that your brother has something against you, go, leave your gift at the altar, go and make peace with your brother, and then come back. In other words, you're not, you're not going to be able to worship God if you're still at odds with a person. And that's a huge thing for you and me right now, to just be mindful of how am I keeping short accounts? Am I at peace with people? Are there people that I need to actually forgive that I have not forgiven? Jesus just says, our relationship with God, if it feels stilted, if it feels stunted in some way, it is connected to how we are relating to one another. This is why Peter, his disciple, picks this up in 1 Peter 3, and he says, live peaceably with your spouse because if you if you do, your prayers will not be hindered. In other words, even the person that I'm sharing a roof with, I my life with God will be totally affected by the peace of my relationship with with them. And so my prayer for you today is is very simply that you and I would choose to stand up and just take small, even toddling steps towards God in prayer, to carve out five, ten minutes to be still and to begin to pour out our hearts like children. If you don't know what to do, uh, download a prayer app, download uh, the Book of Common Prayer and begin to read through some of the prayer services. Find some words there. But just choose to put yourself in the realm where you can begin to believe again that all things are possible because your Father, who loves you and is good, is running the universe. And so may you find the space this week to do just that. May you live at peace with one another so that our prayers are not hindered. And I hope that it won't be long before we are praying in one another's presence again. Until then, grace and peace. You are loved. Hope to see you soon.